At Target, each item you put in your cart brings more good to life. Like a coffee brand that opens more eyes to black business. Natural laundry detergent that puts a lighter load on the planet. Wheelchair-friendly Halloween costumes that set make-believe in motion. And makeup that celebrates beauty in every shade. Here, the good you want is always within reach. Because at Target, we believe in good we can all afford. This is Hola, my name is the Enrique Santos Podcast. Okay, my guests today um, are three very cool people that I want you to meet. And they deserve a little little bit of attention because they've done something spectacular, really, that the entire Latino world is very proud of and everyone's talking about. Um, one of them has a GLAAD award. Uh, one is a former program director of the Miami Gay and Lesbian Film Festival, among a bunch of other things these three awesome Latinos have done. And one served as vice president of original programming for HBO in the past, and now is involved in a bunch of uh, cool Netflix stuff. Cuéntanos, who are you? Hola, my name is Christina. <laughs> Hola, my name is Kareem. Hola, my name is Alex, and we're the filmmaking team of Mucho Mucho Amor. Yes, you guys, congratulations. You guys did a beautiful job documenting the life of world-famous astrologer Walter Mercado, uh, who so many of us grew up with and, of course, loved a great deal. And thank you, thank you for doing this and for reminding us that Walter Mercado was the original Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you guys decide to make this documentary? Well, the three of us, we all grew up with Walter, like almost every other Latino in the country and maybe the world. We grew up watching Walter with our abuelitas. And for us, I think he uh, reminds us of some of the happiest moments of our lives <laughs> as we were kids. He, he, he reminds us of the people we love most. But, you know, he would leave us every single day with a message, a very important message that we need now more than ever, of um, peace and love. And he taught us that inclusion was more important than exclusion and that we need to um, try to lead our lives with love every day. And so we wanted to celebrate him. He's also just fabulous and uh, you know, over the top and hilarious. And, and we thought that you know, the country and Latinos in particular needed him, him right now. <laughs> What did your family and friends say when you guys told them about this project, when they found out that you guys were documenting the life of Walter Mercado? My mom didn't really get it at first. Like, both, all my parents were sort of like, huh, are you, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, because what we realized making it is that, like, our generation loved Walter. Our abuelos loved Walter. But, like, our parents were at work. You know what I mean? So, like, they weren't really, like, standing Walter all day necessarily, right? So, so like, my mom, I remember my mom just being like, uh-huh, and, like, who's going to buy that? Like, what, who is that for? You know, like, and now it's, like, completely turned around where she's like, I, I just didn't know how interesting he was, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think that the reaction has been I think your abuela finally understood what you were doing for a living, right, Christina? 
Yeah, I mean, she was like, oh, she does all these. I was an investigative journalist, and she's like, oh, she's going to these dangerous places, telling these boring, sad stories, and finally, she's doing something of worth. So for for me, it's like the opposite. It's like Very. my grandma was like, finally, something I get. <laughs> my my mom's mom, my abuela Anita, already passed away. Um, but I remember every time my abuela would see me, she would sing a song that Walter sang on your documentary. Eh, me importas tú y tú y tú. So my grandmother, before she passed away, you know, she, she had uh, Alzheimer's and, and, and dementia, but she would always remember Enriquito, y cuando me veía, she would light up and she would sing that song. So you, man, you guys got me in the documentary. It was such a roller coaster of emotions. I was happy, I was proud um, for so many different reasons that you guys highlighted so, so uh, and it just, it's just a genius an organic way telling just letting him tell his story and connecting the dots you guys really did something spectacular with this but you really touched uh, on a lot of different things uh for, for a bunch of us for me for me personally uh kareem how difficult was it putting this together given the fact that at the time of the recording if i'm not mistaken walter couldn't even use his name so actually yeah i mean uh it was a complicated story to tell Walter's legal issues, thankfully, had already been resolved. I actually don't think we could have made the film if it were in the height of the legal problems. Uh, but Walter had already regained the use of his name when we started in the okay. project. Uh, but he, what he had been is away from the public eye for probably about a decade. He would do things. I mean, everybody can remember his uh, annual Año uh, Nuevo predictions at the end of the year that would appear in the papers. And He'd do the occasional interview, but he no longer was on TV every day like we remembered him. Um, so the process of telling the story, there's a lot to tell, including the losing of his name. Um, it wasn't hard to convince Walter to do because Walter loved being on camera. And loved talking about himself. He loved, he loved talking about himself and he loved himself. He always loved you more, though. That was the real interesting thing, I think, about Walter. Like That was the, the magic is that... He had a very strong sense of self, but you were ultimately always much more important than he was, and he made sure that you felt that way. And anybody that's ever spent any considerable amount of time with him will tell you the same thing, which I think is remarkable. You're listening to Hola, my name is the Enrique Santos Podcast. What's up, everybody? We're comedy troupe Obama's Other Daughters, and we wanted to share one of our favorite moments of our podcast, You Down, presented by Target. Committed to offering and elevating Black-owned brands, including Black-owned beauty brands. It's all part of Target's belief in good we can all afford. Visit Target.com to learn more. Oh, shoot, this is one of my favorite moments. Were there any dates that really left an impression on you? Shakira, what's yours? I want to know. I guess I will go with my worst. This guy was like, uh, I'm so excited to finally go on this day. Uh, he said he was going to take me to his favorite place. Um, he picked me up to take me to go get Froyo. The worst part is like, I was trying to like not eat ice cream. Like I was trying to eat healthy and I hadn't had dinner. And I, I was, was like, say, weren't you hungry? I then? was hungry. <laughs> dinner. I was hungry. I was annoyed. And I was like, you going to waste my time like this? Sir? That was one of the worst dates I've been on. That was the worst date you went on was a man took you to Froyo when you was hungry? <laughs> yes! I'm just saying, you live a life of privilege. That that sounds like, that sounds like I would take that as my worst date.
This is Hola, my name is the Enrique Santos podcast. You guys did a great job of, when you guys went into the project, you know the outline, right? But you don't really know what you can learn because it's a documentary. So you, you guys know what you guys, I would imagine, you put it together. This, we need to document his life. He's already lived it. You're going to find out more things. But what surprised you guys in the process that you didn't know about Walter that you said, oh, shit, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have a lot of those moments? Yeah. Tons. Tons. I think for, uh, production, filming, making a documentary is like a fishing trip. Like, I love being in the field because you, you never know what's going to happen or what you're going to get. And that's kind of the most beautiful part of a documentary is you're like writing the movie as, the, as you're filming, uh, which is very crazy for people who work in narrative film. Um, but I think we were, you, you know, we were intent on making the movie once he said yes, but we didn't know what Walter was like. We, we, we people say to never meet your heroes because it never works out well. But I think <laughs> for us, Walter was that was the rare exception. Like he is even more lovely than we had expected him to be. And that was the biggest surprise. I, I, somebody who loves themselves that much, you, you think you might, there might be something else there that's annoying or, you know, yeah, you, you think that there might be some bad stuff there, but in Walter's case, it's just love. And like, but behind the facade of love is just more love, which is like, he's a very rare creature. Um, I also do think I underestimated him. I, I think like all the capes and the jewels and the sequins made me think that he would be, you know, a performer, yes, but I didn't understand how smart he was. And I think, you know, he's incredibly well read. He's read every book. Uh, he knows everything about every world religion. He knows world history. He can recite monologues from his youth. Like he is a brilliant man. And, and he used all of this stuff, all of the sequins and the pearls and the gems in order to, to capture our attention so that he could really share with us something that was way more important in his view, which was love and, and knowledge. And so, uh, yeah, I was surprised every day. He, he would also make us laugh, I think, which, I don't know, these guys have a bunch of funny stories about how much he made us laugh. Yeah, he was, a very, he was a very funny, uh, he was in on his joke, you know what I mean? Like, he definitely loved the jewels and the makeup and the sequence, don't get me wrong, but it's not like he was like, I don't understand why people think the way I dress is weird. You know what I mean? He was like, yeah, I know I dress different than everybody else. And if everyone dressed like me, I would probably dress even more different, you know? Um, but yeah, he was also, he just had like a great sense of humor. Like he would... Um, and I think if, if he knew how to balance it well, right? He did, yeah. He did. And and when he was, when he when it was just like him hanging out, he had a like, he also had a way of like, like Christina... <laughs> Christina broke like one of his vases because his house is like a museum full of like tchotchkes. It's like your abuela's house and like an ashram like mixed together. <laughs> you know? So like naturally you shoot there so many days, eventually you're going to back up into something. So she broke this vase and she replaced it and he never was like mad about it. But like every time he would see us again, like he would be like, oh, you know what I was thinking about? that vase that I loved so much, you know? And he would just sort of look at you, you know? And you were like, you knew he was breaking your balls and you knew he was trying to light butt with you, you know? And so like, he was like that all the time, you know? He's just like, uh, he was always having a good time. He told us jokes. Uh, Kareem, you want to tell him like the English, the English lesson story? Oh yeah. You know, in making the film, Walter gravitated towards English a lot with us. 
And we finally asked him, like, how did you learn English? He's like, oh, I've always known English. But I, I, when, before I, uh, in, the, in the late 80s, I, I went to L.A. to take uh, English classes. And uh, the professor told me I had to learn how to pronun- pr- pronounce and enunciate. And he said, Walter, you have to focus. I was like, focus? He's like, no, no, focus. Fuck us. No, focus. <laughs> And it, that, but that, I mean, we laughed our ass off, but that was like so Walter that he would take something that made fun of him and he'd be in on the joke and laugh along with it because us laughing was more important to, to him. Also, he had a million freaking stories. I mean, you laughed your ass off with Walter every day. Every how, day. Long, how long were you guys actually with him and how long did this whole process take to, to actually document this? Um, so we were filming with him for about two years. Uh, from the, our first conversation, uh, which is an interesting story that maybe Alex can tell you, um, that was our first conversation was about three years ago. Three of us um, met on the phone, basically. How was that, Alex? <laughs> uh, which which of the when we met or when we met? No. Walter? Were you guys with Ma- met, met Walter? Oh. No. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris tells that. Tell that story, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we've been on the. We've been like together so much that we're like. You tell well, the story. Some you just tell it better. I'm not gonna tell it good. <laughs> um, so when we when we uh, went to Puerto Rico, Kareem and I were strangers. We had never met before. Alex put us in touch. Uh, Alex, it's an arranged marriage. Yeah, I'm the <laughs> yeah. And a very strange little baby we made, but <laughs> um, we uh, we were going to meet Walter and we were all super excited. We were all really uh, nervous. You know, we, like Lynn said in the film, it feels like we're going into the television mm-hmm. and his childhood icon. And so um, Alex even like filmed a little thing of us on his phone and we, where we're like, oh my God, he's like, what are we about to do? And we're like, we're gonna go into Walter Mercado's house. And I think we were nervous and excited and then he wasn't ready. So we had to sit in the living room in his house for uh, about an hour as he got ready to come see us. So he kept us waiting. And he w- we were in a living room that was sunken down. It was like three feet below the hallway. Uh-huh. And I just remember it was like a vision. It's like the most re- the closest thing to a religious experience I've ever had. He comes in and he's in white linen and like flowing, beautiful, elegant white linen. And he just has these silver... Um, glasses that are like very 1970s with like yellow tints, right? Like the fr- the the weren't like the actual kind of like like Elton John, like kind of Elton Johnish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Talk yeah. Elton John. Yeah, yeah, or like, like Bad Bunny. <laughs> A mix between Bad Bunny and Elton John. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That is also kind of like what Walter Mercado is, and he and he's comes in and he greets us each and he looks us deep into the eye and in our eyes and he holds our hands and he makes us just feel so um so good and he had done his research so he told us each about who we were and what we had done and he says Karim un monstruo de la cinematografía and I remember <laughs> I just remember he just made us feel so wonderful and it was it was exactly how you would think meeting an icon is like he just was channeling this other energy that we had never seen before. So it was it was epic. It was very epic. You're listening to Hola, my name is the Enrique Santos Podcast. 
What's it like to drive the Volvo XC90 plug-in hybrid? The thrill of a 400 horsepower T8 twin engine. The joy of impromptu road trips. And the serenity of electric power in pure eco mode. Visit a DMV Volvo retailer today to experience the XC90 Recharge Plug-in Hybrid for yourself. Welcome back to Hola, My Name Is, the Enrique Santos Podcast. I want to talk to you guys about Carol Baskin. I mean, Bill Bakula. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Bakula is like the Carol Baskin of this whole story, yes? Uh, I mean, I would say that like Carol Baskin... There are some people that uh, find Bill to be the villain of the story, and there's some people who are big uh, Carol Baskin fans, and there's some people who admire all that Bill did. So I think we let you decide who's who to a certain extent. I think, look, and big. I think the I think the problem for us is that is that we know a lot about this backstory, and we know a lot about Bill's entire story. And the truth is, and we you you see it in the film. It's just that. It's just that when it comes in the film and well, really it's just that it's just that what Bill did was so hurtful to Walter that I think people are apt to defend Walter right away, which makes perfect sense. The fact is though, we know who Walter Mercado is like outside of Puerto Rico, like, like 545 Primer Impacto every day because of Bill Bakula. So it's this very tricky thing for us as filmmakers. because we're like, yeah, but also, like, I would not have been on my grandma's, you know, fake terrazzo floors in Westchester watching Walter, right? It's like a weird back to the future thing, right? Where it's like, maybe he's our Biff, right? But like, without Biff, like, it doesn't set off the chain of events, right? Like, so. So you don't feel that Bill Bakula took advantage of Walter? You just think it was just a business, you know, decision that went bad and they just had a they butted heads and it was less right. about Walter not having the correct representation or signing something that he didn't know what he was signing. I, me personally, I, I think that the deal that Bill offered Walter was not a good deal. And I think that Walter also was represented. I think Walter's attorney at the time is as much to blame as Bill, right? Because Walter signed many contracts, not one because he was advised that the contract was fine and those terms were not properly explained to him, right? So other people around Walter failed him, right? In that situation. Do I think the terms Bill asked for were unfair? Absolutely. And I think the courts, the courts agreed, right? right? Because the courts found that Bill was right. His contract was legal. However, in what is usually an unprecedented decision, they awarded him zero damages, right? So they're basically saying like, yes, dude, in principle, you're right. But in practice, no, we're not there's, giving any money. There's some contradiction there in, in a little bit of the story because Bill in your documentary says 
he just wanted one dollar as a matter of principle. He didn't want money. But then it's also reflected that, no, he wanted millions of dollars. Yeah. And I think as filmmakers, as journalists, we wanted to handle this with the, like, we'll tell both sides of the story. We'll interview Bill and we'll tell, tell, tell you the story that Bill wants to tell. We'll tell you the story of, from Walter's perspective and the, the way that his family um, sees it and we'll let you decide. And I hope that that's what that the film presents. Would I, if I were in Bill's position, have acted the way that he acted? Definitely not. But I think, you know, journalistically, we, we want to tell you the facts of the case and how they, sure. they act. Happen. Oh boy, there's a lot of things that are left to inter open to interpretation with this documentary you guys have done so so brilliantly again. But listen, if we can learn anything from this, and it happens so much, it happens to Latinos uh, because of the language barrier. It mm -hmm. happens to Latinos because we're underrepresented for so many years in the past. And I talked to so many people that have gone through the legal system, uh, something as simple as a ticket, or it can even mean an arrest that then puts your legal status in, in jeopardy in the United States because so many Latinos no también asesorados. They don't have the right representation and they sign whatever or somebody to, to quickly, a public defender, you know, might tell a Latino who doesn't understand very well everything, uh, the magnitude of what they're, you know, to a probation that they're accepting or some type of terms that they're accepting that may be less than jail terms, but it can represent them later on being deported or later on not being able to get a job or not being able to become citizens. So if anything, this really opened up my mind and said, wow, did you guys, again, and brilliantly, you guys did it in a brilliant way, uh, leaving things open to interpretation, because it must be difficult, too, getting, getting all the parties to sit down and actually open up and say what they got to say. Uh, but if anything I learned from there that's a great takeaway from this is that Latinos, you know, ask for that interpreter. Don't be afraid to say, yo no entiendo. Levanta la mano si no entiendo firmes. So many people just sign on the dotted line and say, sí, 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 no hay problema. Y confían ciegamente. No, porque él es buena gente, bendito, pobrecito. And that happens so much to our, our, that generation of our parents and grandparents. You know, they're just genuinely good people that would, back in the days, right, they just shake hands. And, you know. You got to remember, Walter, Walter, he describes himself, yo soy jibaro puertorriqueño. Like, right. he, is, he was from a farm outside yeah. of Ponce, right? So, like, he and his, his sister, who was very involved in the business, right, like, at, at that time, they're not sophisticated business people, right? Like, Walter was an autodidact. He went to, he was a pharma, he was a pharmacist randomly. Like, he was a very educated person, but he was not a business person. And he was mm -hmm. certainly not familiar with United States business conventions in the way that Bill Bakula was. And that was, yeah, you're right. And that's a, that is oftentimes the situation that many Latinos find themselves in. One of the, one of my favorite parts of the movie, and there's some things, of course, get lost in translation or some things just, just can't translate. And I think this is one of them, but it's so funny uh, that all Latinos, especially Caribeños, can identify with was, oye, pa que te revale, échate vaselina. And so Walter's <laughs> partner, business partner, says this part about the Vaseline in English, and it is so funny. I use Vaseline, so everything's sleep around my body. Whatever they say, I use Vaseline. I use Vaseline, so everything is sliver, <laughs> sliver off of me. Sliver off me. That's Willie Acosta, who he describes himself as, well, mm -hmm. well, we asked him if he was Walter's right hand, and he says, and the left one, too. <laughs> he's, he's our favorite. I, he's... Just a, a gem. Walter also wouldn't be Walter if it were not for Willie. You guys are my favorite, especially this year. We needed this, this, 
we needed this documentary this year. 2020 has been on its head. It's been crazy. So much stress, so many problems, and everything's been going wrong. And you guys did this right. So, felicidades, Cristina, Alex, uh, Kareem. Eh, y de parte de Enrique Santos, te quiero desear mucho, 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 mucho. Amor. Amor. <laughs> Great job. Great job. Thank you so much. We'll see. What's the next one? What's the next one? What's the next thing you guys are working on? I don't know. If you have any ideas, let us know. Keep them coming. There's so many cool Latinos that deserve this. There's so many. And count on me if you guys need, I don't know, pick somebody's brain or something. Again, there's so many, so many Latinos that have a story to say that have made such an impact on, you know, our generation and our parents and our grandparents and even generations to come. And you, you guys are onto something really cool if you continue this. Thanks, oh. dude. You know, I, I would only add is that it's super important. Uh, there is a million Latino stories. There's a million Latino heroes like Walter Mercado. Uh, and if we want to keep telling these stories and getting to tell these stories, it's important that our community supports us. So, like, this weekend, when you hear this, get on Netflix, watch it, tell everybody, mommy, abuela, tia, vecina, everybody in and of, uh, in and of around your universe to watch Mucho Mucho More on Netflix so that it, it's top 10 everywhere and we get to keep doing it. 100%. On Netflix right now. On Netflix now. What, eh, mucho, mucho amor. The legend of Walter Mercado. Mucho, mucho amor. The legend of Walter Mercado on Netflix now. Felicidades a los tres. Keep them coming. Gracias. Cuídense. Ciao. Ciao. Hey, what's up? This is Adam Devine. Anders Holm. Blake Anderson. And Kyle Newichuk. And you might recognize these sweet, sultry voices from the hit television program, Workaholics. Ow. And we were sitting around and we were bored in quarantine and we're always on these Zoom calls. And we thought, hey, you know what? This is important. Totally. These are important conversations we're having and the world needs to hear it. So please... Do yourself a favor and listen to This Is Important on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.